Dungeons and Dopamine. Ta-da! Hello, welcome to episode nine. Nine of Dungeons and Dopamine. Dopamine. I'm Jess. I'm Bree. We have last names, but those don't matter anymore. We've, We're all familiar now. <laughs> we've moved past last names. <laughs> we have enough listeners. There's like 30 of you. Yeah. Amazing. I'm pretty excited. It's amazing. You guys frog. Thanks. Yay. <laughs> so we recorded two episodes without realizing that your microphone wasn't working. <laughs> But now we know. Now we know. And we can see it physically on the screen and we know what to pay attention to. It's perfect. I can see your voice spiking and actually mine is quieter. Ooh, which usually... am I louder than you know? Yeah. Maybe. Do I need to adjust this gain twirly thing? Oh. Oh, that brought it down a little oh, bit. Oh. Maybe a little bit less feedback. <laughs> you're you're kind of gainy. <laughs> I am a little gainy. Gainy? Gainy. <laughs> Both. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Time Facts you of knew. life. So, anyway, um, dopamine's good. We like it. We I've try to get coffee. more of it every week. Yeah. I needed some Nerds Gummy Clusters. This is an unpaid plug for <laughs> Nerds Gummy Clusters. They are the best candy that exists. Who makes Nerds? It's the Ferrera Candy <gasps> Company in Chicago. So Perfect. Ferrera, shout Maybe out. they don't ruin water for everybody and i can continue to eat nerds we love you guys you're amazing yeah and hopefully. we're here if you want us to plug your products i'll or, even just be paid in free products yeah if you just want to send us some nerds gummy clusters i mean money's I great too we'd talk about you every week all the time mm-hmm. constantly oh we could put a bowl of them on the desk between us that wouldn't just, be an audio nightmare <laughs> while we podcast i'm sure it will sound wonderful oh gosh okay I'm very excited about this next Apparently. topic. I went and got a haircut. Yay! And the person that hair that haircuts me, <laughs> <laughs> the person that cut my hair, is she's really really nice, but it's a little awkward because I already feel awkward getting my haircut, and I don't know them very well, and I feel like I have to talk throughout the whole thing to keep them like entertained. That's like my, my that's why I make friends because I feel like I have to entertain people. No wonder you're exhausted all the time. Right? <laughs> I give so much. <laughs> no. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> so I was telling her uh, to, that I wanted my bangs cut a little shorter. And I always have to point out that I have a widow's peak. Because otherwise I can look ridiculous if they cut things the wrong way. I said... <laughs> So I have this widow's peak. I have to be careful because, you know, it's weird face shape and stuff. And then I like, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and she stops and she's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, my best friend used to call me heart face. And I just remembered that <laughs> in this moment right now. <laughs> what? Yes, I did call you that. <laughs> and then I said, I'm going to tell her this, but I'm going to wait until we're on our podcast <laughs> Get her actual reaction recorded. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, heart face. And I might have permanently scarred my reputation with that hairdresser. But she, she finished my haircut. and Next time she's going to see your name on the books and she's going to be like, no thanks. No, Can you call I'm good. her and tell her no? I don't like her ugly heart face. <laughs> she has an awful heart face. <laughs> so yeah, that was one of my spots of dopamine. I mean, the haircut was good too. Right. But, and she did a nice job and I bought the yeah. shampoo that makes my hair super soft. Well, I love that. Me too. What brand is it? It's pink. Perfect. <laughs> the bottle is pink. I probably would have bought it just for that reason. Right. It smells good. And that reason. It, I noticed that the more expensive shampoos are thicker. Yes. Which, I guess, I don't know why it bothers me, but I feel like I'm using more of it and it's expensive and I'm like, why though? <laughs> Why would they do it? Like, Why would probably they? to make you buy more. Probably. Or maybe you could and use it less. Be... You just have to scrub it more. Mm-hmm. What not? This is not an episode that's better than segues. So <laughs> we don't have any good segues or transitions nothing. for this one. So today, what brought you dopamine this week? 
it's one of those things that really shouldn't have again. It's I'm still in the brain. Mm-hmm. I, I will not reveal whose brain I am in. <laughs> Everyone. It's not mine, because I clearly don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> so today I am going to talk about something I feel like a lot of people know about, but very vaguely. And that is Munchausen Syndrome. Ooh, this one is one of the creepiest for me. Especially it now that I have a is. child. Yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> so, that's a great... Um, great way to begin. Munchausen's is actually what they call a factitious disorder because you are technically not ill in the medication will make you better kind of way. You're not ill with like a cold or um, you you are mentally ill is kind Mm -hmm. of the, the idea about it. So someone with Munchausen syndrome is someone who will deliberately act like they are sick with a physical or mental illness when they're not actually sick, of course. And it's a mental illness equated typically with severe emotional difficulties. And the people who have Munchausen's are different from other people who do kind of these like pretending disorders, which I hate saying that, but right, um, because they don't they're not seeking like wealth or they're not trying to gain anything except attention, which is actually really sad. Mm -hmm. So they make up these sicknesses. A lot of times they're associated with healthcare work. So they have a pretty vast knowledge of healthcare. They can act out these symptoms or pretend that when they're home, they're throwing up or whatever they have to say to make it sound the most real they know the boxes to check yes to the buzzwords yeah 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 to get it investigated or to have someone pay attention exactly this is different than malingering because they're out for money so this is when you pretend you've been hit by a car or you slipped outside in a parking lot and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing but they're not after that they just want the attention that comes with it and sometimes the notoriety Okay. So weirdly, oops, sorry. Like if they pretend to have maybe like a disease that's rare. Yes. They would, okay. Or just even that, I I have cancer and I need a benefit. They don't care about the money that that benefit is bringing in. They care about the people who show up and give them attention. It's, it's very sick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the symptoms of this disease are strange because they're not physical symptoms but they're pretending they are the things that they'll pretend they have are things like chest pain stomach problems fevers they will pretend to hear voices like a schizophrenic or to have different personalities the actual symptoms that they're going to have are things like the presence of a lot of surgical scars symptoms will only be present when other people are around mm-hmm. and usually i mean they might pretend in front of medical staff but not in front of their family but they want the attention so they're probably going to do it in front of everyone they're going to be really willing and sometimes even eager to have any test regardless of the ramifications so if it's a dangerous test they'll they won't even think about it they'll just agree to it because really they're just getting more attention exactly and i mean what nurse what nurse isn't going to go out and say, oh, they're totally willing to do this and talk about it with the rest of the nursing staff and the nurses are going to come in and say, wow, you're so brave mm-hmm. because you would be if you were truly allowing them to run that test. But this is just different. They will be reluctant to follow any kind of medical treatment plans that they're given. And of course, really the main symptom and the main cause of it all is that they're going to show problems with their identity and their self-esteem. They just don't feel good about themselves. There's no exact cause of Munchausen's. There's been a lot of research about it. There's obviously psychological factors, things that stem from them, often in childhood. Something that was really traumatic, that this is how they release that, I guess. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that shows, like, children of neglect tend to follow this path more than 
well-loved children? It Yes and no, because it's really hard to study because the people are so, I guess, skilled at what they're doing. That's a good point. That, that would they, all have to be self-reported. Yes. Because it's not something that it's, it's not something in your brain that they can they can't put it just, under a microscope and yeah. be like, oh, this is why they do it. Exactly. Only about 1% of Munchausen's cases are actually identified. Something that I thought was really surprising because I feel like you're, you know where I'm going eventually with this whole talk, but this is actually more prevalent in men. Really? And I'm glad you're surprised by that because when I told Ryan, he laughed and he was like, well, haven't you ever met men? We're big babies. Like, we get a cold and we act like the world is ending. Well, yeah, but not to the point where you'd go to the doctor about right, it. Right, exactly. So, yeah, I thought that was a really, and really I guess, interesting fact. Like, anytime I've seen it portrayed on any television shows, it's always a woman. Yes. that's. I think that's what it is. It's media because mm-hmm. it's so rare that that's how it's portrayed. Well, and... So I'll be getting into this soon. Munchausen's by proxy mm-hmm. is typically when a parent makes their child sick. And that is usually portrayed being a mother. And the popular cases are mothers. Right. I, I have some of those to go over as well. There is a high probability that if you have been diagnosed with Munchausen's, you also have some sort of personality disorder. It feels Fair. very hand-in-hand hand with the severity of it it just it's hard to find the right words because i don't want to say things like normal or crazy because these people very clearly are ill but it's hard when you're describing it not to say those things it doesn't typically affect children they can impose it on themselves but it's usually young adults or (laughs) grown-ups grown-ups as you can tell i am not (laughs) as you can tell jessica has a (laughs) seven-year-old exactly let's go potty words like potty and grown-up and bedtime and none night don't lick the wall (laughs) stop touching that (laughs) the things i say as a parent according to the psychiatric times 30 to 70% of those who falsify illness in children, which we're going to go over later, Munchausen's by proxy, will also falsify it within themselves. Okay. Which makes a lot of sense. Attention to them is attention. So, the treatment is psychotherapy. Um, You've got to sit down and chat it out with with your doctor. Uh, It can be very difficult to treat, and that brings me to... Munchausen's by proxy and this is the one that I really wanted to talk about because this one blows my brain up. Munchausen's by proxy is a person who creates the appearance of health problems in another person. Most of the time this includes children. It's where the main focus is and it is usually a parent making their children sick. And a lot of times it's a mother making their child sick, which I can't comprehend. Because if Carly were sick, even if it's just a cold, I would take that from her right. every time. Absolutely, 100%, without question. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Like, when she is sick, I have a hard time taking care of myself because mm-hmm. I am focused on her. And Ryan has to take over taking care of me like I'm a little kid. (laughs) Right. Did you eat? Did you this? Are you ready to go to bed? Because I just want to take care of her. So the fact that someone would purposely do that to their kid just... Just to get attention. It it doesn't compute. So the other thing I I did want to point out, I think it's important, is it's not just children. People, caregivers, will also make the elderly sick okay to get Mm -hmm. that attention they will sometimes make a mentally ill adult sick or a a physically like a neurodivergent adult someone who might be autistic yes and then pets oh i know that's not even fair i know your kid at least might eventually be able to say no my mom's been doing this to me but your pet can't do anything right 
And your insurance does not cover your pet. No. You are going to pay a fortune. <laughs> That's true, too. These Munchausen people must be rich. Oh, for real. The ones that make their pets sick. Ugh. Anyway. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, sometimes this gets so serious that they are altering test samples. Once again, these are typically people who have worked in healthcare or know healthcare. So a lot of times they can jump in and make them make the person seem sick when they're not or they can falsify symptoms and test results to to make it appear that they are. Mm-hmm. They might also say things like they see a failure to thrive in their child, allergies, um, vomiting, asthma, diarrhea, seizures, infections. They can try for very serious things like cancers, mm-hmm. chronic diseases, stomach problems, just serious health conditions. There have been a lot of notable cases, which are at the very bottom of my notes today, so I will talk about some of those because I know that's kind of what people relate to. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, even though they're not trying to, they will defraud charities and things like that because things like Make-A-Wish and stuff like that. Right. <clears throat> It's not necessarily about wanting, say, to go to Disney World, but more of just wanting that notoriety and being on the local newspaper. Yeah. Look at me pay attention. Yes. Feel bad <sighs> for me. So, it's so wild. It, my, I know I've read all about this, <laughs> and I know that it's real, and I know it exists, but my brain cannot comprehend. Munchausen's by proxy is considered child abuse, as it should be. Right. And healthcare professionals will usually describe it as medical child abuse, which I think is even a step further in seriousness. Probably depending on how far they took it. Right, yes. Now, in your reading, so somebody who has Munchausen's and is trying to get attention just for themselves, typically would they pretty much fake the symptoms? They just know, like, the buzzwords you said rather than actually making themselves ill, whereas it sounds like with Munchausen's by proxy, half the time, or a lot of the time, they actually do something to make the other person ill. It's a really good question. It does, in just my research, it does seem like it. I There weren't a lot of actual examples of people with Munchausen's because they don't think they cause as much of a stir as you hurting someone else kind of a thing. Right. So... I didn't see any examples. I imagine people might make themselves throw up and things like that, but I don't think anybody's giving themselves like broken limbs or, um, unfortunately one mother was found out that she was putting salt into her child's IV to falsify some sort of test Mm -hmm. and it wound up killing him. Oh yeah. That's not an electrolyte you want to play around with. No, exactly. It's so stupid so horrible what oh just looking like thinking of my kid's face i can't even (laughs) right makes me want to go buy her some ice cream (laughs) (laughs) presents for everyone tonight exactly (laughs) snuggle time right (laughs) or you stay up late and watch a movie you're i'm not letting you out of my sight no don't salt that popcorn (laughs) (laughs) we don't like salt anymore (laughs) it's very difficult to catch especially a parent who is Munchausen by proxy because they're portraying this guise of the doting parent, the fearful parent, the loving, concerned parent. It's gross. I guess they might be the loving, concerned parent. There's just something really wrong with the way they're loving and caring. (laughs) A lot of the weird symptoms, I suppose, once again, you would see in a parent like this would be, of course, lying about a child's symptoms, manipulating tests, falsifying medical records, inducing symptoms by poisoning, suffocating, starving, injecting feces, or causing infection. People that are causing this, the Munchausen's by proxy, they're usually between 20 and 40. They might be a healthcare professional. They're going to act really friendly and cooperative. They appear to be really concerned with their children. They seem to be very interested or very knowledgeable about the medical terminology and issues. They're very comfortable in the hospital environment. They'll often become really angry if the doctor 
tells them that nothing is wrong or questions them about symptoms. Mm -hmm. They have problem with identity and self-esteem. And the symptoms in a child or someone suffering with Munchausen's by proxy, they're really sad. I don't necessarily want to go through them, but I'm going to because if you ever saw this in your life or someone around you, it's, it's kind of good to right i hope nobody ever i hope nobody 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 i hope nobody (laughs) it's my new t-shirt i hope nobody i hope nobody (laughs) so people with this might have a history of multiple multiple hospitalizations visits and doctor visits oftentimes to different cities and different hospitals around the area so that they aren't as easily tracked that makes sense the, they have a strange set of symptoms that can't be identified or understood by the healthcare professionals. And the parents will often report that the symptoms are worse when they're not at the hospital or at the doctor. They get worse as soon as they leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The child's condition will improve, improve while they're at the hospital because there is no way to hurt the child in the hospital. Right. And then when they go home, they will. They'll get sick again. The illness won't respond to treatment. Test results are unusual or even clinically impossible and do not match the child's reported condition. The parents are going to be really eager to have more procedures done again. This is very similar to Munchausen's itself. Blood samples submitted by the parents won't match their children's blood samples. Ooh. Is there like a black market for buying blood test results? I don't know. I'm glad I didn't think to look for that. Let's not Google that. No. (laughs) My FBI agent is already confused by the things I've been Googling the past few months. Listeners, if you know about this, we want to hear about it. But we don't want to hear about why. Right. I don't want to know why you know this. Just maybe you read an article somewhere. Yes, absolutely. There's a lot of articles about it. But I'm not typing that into my Google search. Mm -mm. (laughs) But you feel free. Yeah. <laughs> Your Google searches probably aren't as sus as ours are. I hope yeah, it's got to be way safer for you to do it than <laughs> us at this point. <laughs> I literally Googled all about the Titanic like a month and a half before that <laughs> sub went down. I'm still pretty sure you somehow had a, had a hand in that. <laughs> Someone I was talking to the other day said, could they just leave it alone? Clearly the ship wants to be done. <laughs> no, I think they're just hiding the fact that it is the Olympia. And that's right. They didn't yeah. want, and it brought new questions up when our podcast episode absolutely happened, and they decided to do an excursion to figure it out. And I mean, you're right. J.P. Morgan was like, "No, man, this, this is, is my right. secret." Jessica Warzniak, you do not tell people my. You secrets. should probably watch out. Should not be sitting by a big <laughs> open window all day every day while I work. They're totally gonna <laughs> snipe for you. I'm going to put bulletproof glass in. It's going to cost a fortune, but it'll be worth it. We're going to need more Patreons. <laughs> yeah, guys. Um, help. For this level, <laughs> you have us install bulletproof glass. Uh, and if Disney ever gets upset with us, I don't even know if that'll help. True. I'm they going, just, I'm walking right into the lion's den. <laughs> or Carly. Carly. You can be queen of Disneyland. You. This is very Momo. <laughs> We're really drawing a lot from our past. Our past podcasts. <laughs> no, only <laughs> our past. <laughs> My life did not exist until nine weeks ago. <laughs> I don't really know how to follow that up. <laughs> I just, I feel like that's the end of the podcast. The end. <laughs> We're done. We're not going over your stuff today. No, this is all this we is can it. handle. <laughs> So uh, one other symptom that I think is really interesting is that the parent will often refuse to allow the doctors to speak with other family members. It's a home full of people. They will not allow them to talk to those people in the home. If there's aunts, uncles, grandparents that maybe care for the child while the parent is away, no, they cannot talk to them. Which makes sense because, you know, granny might have a different story. Exactly. She don't know. So, um, I think that the most famous case of this is Gypsy Rose and her, I think her mom was named Dee Dee, Dee Dee Blanchard. I could have just looked at my notes because I have it written there. <laughs> so nope. Dee Dee. have to do it from memory. <laughs> this is the only way it's allowed. <laughs> really strict rules. 
that don't make any sense on this podcast. <laughs> it's like just stick to the old test taking rules. <laughs> you have to have it all memorized. You can have one small note card of cheat sheets. <laughs> That's it. I mean, I'd probably be smoother. <laughs> True. <laughs> probably be more nervous. <laughs> Anyways, Dee Dee Blanchard. Mm-hmm. She kept her kid gypsy rose so sick that she spent most of her life in a wheelchair it seems that gypsy started to figure out what was going on she met a boy and they killed her mother um there are a lot of movies a lot of shows you can pretty much google this and watch the show from several different Mm -hmm. like platforms it's wild a few other cases that i did find out were um blanca montano in 2013 was accused of contaminating her infant daughter's IV lines with fecal matter so her daughter would have bacterial infections. Infant. Infants are so helpless. The baby could do... uh, Mm. I'm so mad. Right. (laughs) Hope Ybarra Ybarra kept a blog canceling... Canceling. She canceled she, it all. She canceled Munchausen's. It was amazing. It was the best two years of the world. <laughs> the whole world. Hope Yabara kept a blog chronicling her personal journey with cancer. So this is one of those that um, kind of did affect people and got put out there. I've also seen some people on TikTok who've okay. been accused of. There's a girl who has had a scar on her face, but. If you watch her TikToks, the scar kind of like moves and changes like size and shape. And it every day? Yes. Ugh, and I don't know awful. that that would necessarily be, I guess it would probably be a form of Munchausen's. Yeah. It would, yeah. <laughs> so she also, Hope also fabricated illnesses in her children. She even confessed that she poisoned her youngest daughter with pathogens stolen from her workplace that caused anaphylactic shock. What? And she used nasal spray to manipulate a test for cystic fibrosis. How? No. I wouldn't even know where to start with that. Right. No, she worked at a job. She was, she got the pathogens that she used on her child from her job. So she clearly worked with something. Right. She had the knowledge and the... Yeah. I feel like someone who works with pathogens or has access to them should have a fairly good mind it's terrifying right there was a woman who killed eight of her nine children using munchausen's by proxy just making them sick how did she get sick. through eight of them before anybody figured it out i know only one of them can you imagine being the one child that m- was safe she was probably still being or it they were probably being um still poisoned or right. or sick sickened sickened <laughs> yeah but this survived it. it had a stronger constitution or something or was getting less or something it had a stronger constitution like this is D&D. <sighs> oh how horrible right like she rolled a net 20 <laughs> it's a terrible joke <laughs> it's only 10 years old it's too soon <laughs> although we did just joke about the sub and the sub was like four months ago not even no true. like a month ago that's true was it even a month ago i have no idea Hi, why don't you know this? <laughs> I still think it's July 8th. It's not. It has not been July 8th for at least four days. <laughs> at least. <laughs> at least four days. Uh, and my last story was of the woman who killed her son. He was five oh. by putting salt in his feeding tube. I think I said IVs, but it was feeding tube. That makes more sense. <sighs> it's just... She thankfully was sentenced to 20 years to life in prison oh good yeah i hope she gets it i hope so i hope uh, anyway yeah i don't know i don't want to throw out nasty things into the world besides you know the stories and the facts i don't need to right. send out my own nastiness <laughs> so i just hope that justice is served for all of these poor kids and for the people who lie and really it's very sad because they really need help right they are obviously in really rough shape obviously broken (sighs) so anyway that's (laughs) freakishly what brought me dopamine this week i always think of the sixth sense yes that's 
my always my first thought, but then I also used to watch a lot of doctor shows like ER, and there's always at least one case of Munchausen's or Munchausen's yeah. by proxy yep. on any of the doctor shows. So all right then, if I, we were cool and we had I think six more listeners, okay. fresh new listeners, not um, repeat listeners, we would put an ad in right here, right. Like so by me like undies. next week, if we can get six more listeners, me undies, Bom- Bombas, they're always League of Legends. We'll talk about League of Legends. Absolutely, nerds. Uh, we've already offered. What's up? <laughs> We're just here waiting for you. Just waiting for that email. <laughs> Have your people talk to my people, which is. Us. Us. So, <laughs> just reach out to us. Thanks. We're here. We're waiting. <laughs> Disney. Oh, Disney. You yeah, can sponsor they us. they could totally sponsor us. We might have to alter our content, but I'm not going to lie. I would sell out I for mean, Disney. I've seen what they put on Disney Plus now. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure with some warnings, we would be just fine. Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool's on Disney. Um, you usually have something happier to talk I about. have something much happier. Yay. It does involve the brain, though. Well, so we're kind of on the same wavelength there. <laughs> we're going to talk about crack. Surprise! <laughs> crack makes people so happy. It's so good for you. <laughs> so much better than Munchausen's. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going the complete other side of the spectrum. I'm going to talk about helper ties. <gasps> okay, yeah. So I did not know this was a thing. I've heard of runner's highs. Yep. And I have heard of drug highs, but I did not know that helper highs were a thing. And I've heard of the opposite, too, of burnout. Yes, like caregiver a, burnout yes. and just general burnout. Mm-hmm. So this started, I had to spend a week in Detroit for a conference for my township job. I really enjoy learning, and there are always, you know, 10 to 20 different topics. So... I went to this conference. I actually went early so I could do what they call the master class. I was pretty hesitant about it at first because again, sometimes these topics end up being pretty cheesy. But this one was actually, I felt like I got a lot out of this one day of my conference. And it was all one speaker, his name is Tyler Enslin, and his literal job title is professional development speaker. So this is all he does. From the way he talked, he's got like, 30 different topics that he can show up at any conference and just have topics to talk about off the top of his head. He was great and his first session was actually the one I was interested in. It's called Mastering Your Memory and it was incredible. It taught me a lot about my brain and memory but it is absolutely not something I can talk about without like visuals because it just wouldn't work. So if you do want to learn about his memory tricks you can look Tyler Enslin up online I'm sure he has a fancy website out there somewhere and you could probably even hire him to come like teach you things because that's what he does. Maybe he'll come volunteer to be on our podcast. Yeah. For free. I'm going to find him on social media and tag him. I'm sure he'll be all about it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) People love doing things for free. (laughs) Especially when they usually get paid for it. Yeah. They totally want to do it for free. refreshing. We have almost... 30 views or 30 people and almost 100 people that have listened to us at least once. But the second part of his day, which his day, the second part of the session was called remaining positive in times of conflict. And the very last thing he mentioned was to be kind. Being kind is obviously important in my life. I'm trying to pass it on to my child. But what this speaker told me is there are actual scientific studies that talk about this helper's high. And you know I love scientific proof that something is amazing. So I went back to my hotel room and that's what I did that night as I wrote this podcast episode about helper's highs. You know, when I look at you, all I think is, gosh, that girl loves scientific proof. (laughs) (laughs) I basically wear it. Yeah. Outwardly. You can just tell by looking at me. Yeah. It's amazing. And it's got com- that scientific proof glow. <laughs> Which is also 100% different than when I was in high school because I hated science. Right. <laughs> hated it. So I went to Google because why wouldn't you? 
but I specifically looked for studies done by the National Institute of Health because that was what he specifically talked about the, the study done by the National Institute of Health and this is probably the, the study that started all of it and they actually did brain scans of people doing something nice or generous and it showed that the parts of the brain that lit up when you're being generous or when you're being kind are the same areas of the brain that light up when you're doing something pleasurable whether that's eating good food having a good time in the bedroom doing the certain drugs that make those same parts of the brain light up basically your brain is reacting to generosity or kindness the same way it reacts to morphine so it's super happy that's amazing. It's in, Isn't that incredible? Now that makes me think like being kind should be like a diet plan. The kindness diet. It should be. Which actually sounds like you should stop being kind. So we should think of a better <laughs> name we than that. We should have a better name. <laughs> we do not want to diet on This kindness. is the kindness diet. <laughs> this week you can only be kind once a day. <laughs> Next week it's half kindness <laughs> once a day right. eventually you won't even be kind at all not it's at gonna all. Be, you're gonna look amazing <laughs> so this study actually showed that and i guess they focused on donating money and it would actually light up the mesolimbic system in the brain and this part of the brain reinforces stimuli such as sex food drugs and money by releasing the feel-good neurotransmitters such as oxytocin and vasopressin. And I would like to someday probably do some episodes on the brain chemicals like oxytocin, but if you don't know, that's like the bonding hormone. So oxytocin is the, the hormone that our body produces when we go into labor so that we actually like our child when it sure. comes out of us, okay. even though we're in pain. <sighs> yeah. It's the one we produce when we're breastfeeding to cause that bond. And it's also a, um, they call it the love hormone. So when you're really into somebody, especially in the beginning of a relationship and you're feeling all that new relationship energy, it's a lot of oxytocin. So your brain is producing the same hormones as when you fall in love, when you're generous or when you're, you're kind. Wow. Isn't that incredible? That's amazing. And then it gets better. So they continued these studies. And the same National Institute of Health in a different study found the same results just from people thinking about being generous or being kind or remembering being kind or being generous. So they did a study where they brought participants in and they told them the study was for a different reason, but they'd like be in one room and say they have to move to a new room and the interviewer would gather up all their stuff and their hands would be full and they'd like drop a pencil and they'd give the person being tested or person participating in it the chance to pick up the pen or hold the door open for them or do something kind in that small amount of time act of kindness and then asking them about it later during the study would would show that those parts so you're not even just while you're doing it when you're remembering that you did something nice those parts of the brain light up. That's crazy. And then it makes you wonder why your brain is so hellbent on remembering all the bad stuff. Right. Because if you can get all those happy, fun chemicals from remembering something great that you did, like the time you held the door for that guy or like paid for somebody's food at a restaurant, why don't we like hang on to that? Why mm-hmm. are our brains trying to sabotage us? <laughs> right. And I think that's why advice like practicing gratitude helps us to be happier people because remembering and and taking the time to remember things that we're grateful about or maybe now we need to change it to remembering times you were helpful to somebody it puts our brain back in that like feel good happy moment versus all of the negative stuff that we're bombarded with outside of our own brains all the time and sometimes in our own brains so then the studies keep going one study revealed that even Thinking of helping others activates the same part of the brain as actually physically receiving the rewards. And they, they actually went and studied brain scans from monks that were meditating on compassion. And they found that not only is the part of the brain lighting up that's like the happy chemical, drug chemical part of the brain, 
but it also lights up the planning part of the brain. So when you are thinking about being generous or thinking about being kind or remembering a time you were or wanting to do more, your brain isn't just like, oh, that makes me happy. It's also saying, oh, that makes me happy. Let's do it. And I think that's why we get so excited, especially myself with ADHD. I get really excited when I'm somewhere, you know, if I'm at a benefit and everybody's talking about helping these people and every, when I'm in the moment, I'm really ready to like take on the whole world and fix all the problems. That um, makes sense for your time at the Kidney Foundation. Yes, when I was going to save the whole world from diabetes and kidney disease. <laughs> Another study showed that this feeling can also last several weeks after you do whatever kindness act you're doing. And again, keeps happening even just remembering it. So unlike drugs where you usually need additional hits or you know it's always an increase in how much you need and that's how addiction happens with this helper's high just remembering it is giving you the same hit or the same effect as when you actually did it so, so you're not you don't have to be out there you know oh i need my next hit of kindness <laughs> you can just remember that you were kind do you get different levels or different amounts of it depending on what you do. So like if I hold the door open for someone at the gas station versus if I donate to like GoFundMe. I I don't know for sure. The research didn't really talk on that specifically. But one thing that I did find interesting and what I what I was just going to talk about is it works better if you have a specific plan. So, like talking about the Kidney Foundation, when my thing was, oh, I hate kidney disease, I'm going to go work for the Kidney Foundation so that I can help people not have kidney disease. That's a pretty broad goal, and you don't get, you don't necessarily get the reward as much from it because I'm never going to solve kidney disease. It's always going to be a thing. So you got a bigger reward for planning the event yes um i'm thinking like the kidney crawl yes you got a bigger buzz (laughs) from planning that event than just being at the kidney foundation and working there Mm -hmm. or running the diabetes prevention classes that was a bigger reward than just oh i'm gonna work for the kidney foundation someday because i want to save the world having a small part of the world that i could actually change actually gave me the reward and it's a bigger reward than if I'm just like oh I want to be a good person well today I was a good person because I was in my local community and I helped clean up a park that's going to be a bigger hit than I want my community to be better so I'm going to do something someday then it gets even crazier to me I was not expecting to find this this information but there, were a no- there are a number of studies. So the Cleveland Clinic in 2016 kind of took a bunch of studies and put them all together, and they list just a ton of them. All of these studies actually found a variety of actual physical health benefits, like lower b- blood pressure, um, a longer lifespan, lower stress levels, less depression, increased self-esteem, and overall greater happiness. One study from the University of California, Berkeley, actually the conclusion was that people 55 and older that have volunteered for two or more organizations were 44% less likely to die over a five-year period. And that is when they take all the other factors out. So they looked at people that were of similar age, you know, the same sex, similar other health problems. And people that had been out volunteering were 44% more likely to live a longer life. Some just other small things that I found that I thought was really cool. This feeling can happen even if you're not physically or actually helping a human or a person. A lot of people will feel this generosity or this feeling that makes that part of the brain light up when they're viewing pictures of something beautiful. So usually it's something like the Grand Canyon or a a vast starry night, something that's very big and makes you feel small. And they think that's probably because it makes people feel more connected, have more of a feeling of like, oh, I'm just a small part of this whole big thing that's going on. It's almost Um, like a sense of community. Yeah. 
and it, it just kind of increases that connection to their fellow humans and that part of the brain starts to light up and they are they're more generous in those situations. I found a lot of references to different religions when it came to generosity. A lot of religions will talk about you know whatever you give will be returned to you tenfold even as far as like paganism and wiccanism that usually goes into the rule of three so whatever you give will be returned to you threefold so with all of that i really wanted to just spend the last couple minutes talking about how you can be generous or be kind without spending a lot of money because i think a lot of people get caught up on well, I can't be generous because I don't have any money. I can't donate to my charity because I really need my money at home. One of the first things was kind of acts of service gifts. And it's become kind of a buzzword in the last few years because people have started talking about love languages. Yes. But acts of service, whether it's for your spouse or your partner or just out in the world, it's as simple as, you know, picking something up for something for someone or... If you are at home, you know, doing the dishes so your spouse doesn't have to. If you're at work, you know, taking care of something. If you share a space, we always argue at the office over who does the dishes. So things like that would still be generous and kind and helpful. You could make creative or handmade gifts. These don't have to be physical gifts. It could be songs, it could be writing. Just a nice card that you send to somebody to tell them that you're thinking about them. The biggest thing, especially with your children and your friends and family, is your time. Yes. I think people get caught up in wanting to be able to give physical items, but I'm hearing more and more and learning more and more that really it's your time. That's the important part. So being there for your friends and family, you know, your nieces or your nephews, people that you don't really think to make time for because they're maybe not in your household and they're outside. This could also be for volunteer organizations, so if there's a particular cause that you're really into, whether it's animals or kidneys or diabetes, <laughs> there are ways to volunteer your time and make a difference that way. Or maybe in your local community, if there's you know somewhere a food place where you can hand donate to, to oh my gosh, hand out yes. soup or the yes. food the food pantries that meet to hand out food once a month every year we have toys for tots yep and they not only they do they need gifts that people donate but they actually also need people to they call them shoppers yeah so the people who come in to choose the gifts for their children are led with a shopper who says okay well you can pick three large gifts for um, carly and then you can pick three stocking stuffers for Carly mm -hmm. and you kind of walk them through and that's that feels amazing we yes. used to do that with a company I worked with and it was one of the best highs and it's not a huge time commitment no that's something you do once a year for a couple hours probably yeah yeah and you're making a huge difference in someone's life you're gonna get these happy brain chemicals now and it took you a couple hours, a couple weeks before Christmas. I got so many hugs when mm -hmm. I did it. I mean, getting a hug from a stranger just because I was there when they needed me was amazing. It's a, and I never thought about it as a helper's high, but mm -hmm. that's exactly what it was. Yeah. And I'm feeling all tingly just thinking about it, like you said. See? Your brain <laughs> chemicals are lighting, or your brain's lighting up. It's releasing all those chemicals. It's doing all the happy stuff. And those people probably do remember you, and they don't remember you because you gave them money or they think that the toys came from you. They remember you because you were there, because you took the time out of your life and spent it with them. With a smile them. and mm -hmm. some kindness and a hug at the end of it. Right. Um, other, and that kind of goes into the next one is really just being present when you're with other people and, you know, practicing your listening skills versus always wondering or always thinking about what you're going to say next or worrying about what you're going to say, actually paying attention to people and listening when they talk. That's such an ADHD specialty. Yes. We're always, personally, I'm always thinking oh, I want to tell you this, but then I have to stop and be like, no, I need to listen to what yes. you're saying. Or I'll look at my husband and say, I didn't hear what you just said. I'm really sorry. Because I missed that because I knew that it reminded me that I need to tell you this. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's stinking awful. It is. <laughs> and, and 
we live in a world where some of that is necessary because we're all so busy. Yeah. So a lot of times it is trying to, okay, I don't want to interrupt you, but I need to tell you this. If I don't tell you this right now, then I'm going to forget. So I have to tell you this. Yes. And being ADHD, we do have a tendency to relate to people by storytelling, which for some people, which I think we've talked about on a previous episode too, like for some people it sounds like they're just story tapping and for some people they are they're just tapping whatever story you have but for most of us it's just our way to try to connect and understand and tell the other person that we empathize with that yes. we understand what they're going through i have the same feels that you had yes that don't, happened to me and don't I you want to be my friend now <laughs> yes. now i have a question creating those chemicals is that like if i compliment people Yes. Oh, were you going to say that? I'm sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> sorry, that's on my too. list of like free things you can do for people. So I'll just, I'll skip to that part. So small acts of kindness, smiling at people, complimenting people, holding the door, picking up something they dropped, returning your carts at the grocery store, paying it forward. I know a lot of people will buy a $5 gift card at the cash register and leave it with the cashier to apply to the next order. I read a story recently or a recommendation where people will ask the cashier what their favorite candy bar is, but then at the end of the order, you give them the candy bar that you bought. I love that. Just tiny, and that's what, I mean, candy bars are kind of expensive now. They're probably like two bucks, but two dollars, and you probably make their day. Tipping extra on your bill when you can afford it. I work, I shop at Aldi, and I always leave my cart, or the quarter in my cart. I push the cart back, I bring it all the way back, but I leave the quarter in there. It probably doesn't make a difference to anybody's budget, but sometimes it's hard to find a quarter and you forget you brought it, and yeah. you have two dimes and a nickel. And You might have made a big difference in that mom who's carrying the baby in one arm and has the toddler in the other hand, and then the <laughs> six-year-old is running ahead because he wants to get the cart, and she's going to rip her hair out. <laughs> And the six-year-old just dropped the quarter down the drain. And, <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Or she has to fish it out of her purse. And that could have made such a huge difference to them. Exactly. <laughs> Other things, supporting local businesses. I talk a lot about supporting our local community, or our local small businesses. small podcasts. We support us because we're a small local podcast. And we, then we'll talk about you and you'll remember your kindness. And we'll thank you forever. And I'll probably cry. Yeah. And it'll give us dopamine and you dopamine. It'll be great. Um, Just saying. So, and that doesn't always have to be money. That can be time, like listening to a podcast. It could be market, helping them market. So whether you're, you know, telling people about it word of mouth, leaving reviews on Google, doing social media to share a post, or even just plug a business. Those are all really good, kind, generous things to do. And the last little bit is, I mean, really just being kind. Something I had to do at the Kidney Foundation, it was kind of like a, it wasn't a conference, it was just a session we had with some of the girls from the main office. But we spent a whole afternoon just trying to work on our positive thinking. It was sure. So some of the social workers from the Kidney Foundation main office came over and, and kind of held like a team building session with us. And something I got out of it, and something that's kind of become my mantra when I'm thinking about other people, especially when I'm having a bad day, is to remember that really, most people are really just doing their best. Nobody is out there trying to maliciously hurt me. Nobody is out there trying to ruin my day. Nothing anybody else does that affects me was meant to irritate me or make me mad or throw a wrench in my day it's just how it happened and everybody is really just doing their best i have this really stupid philosophy so they have those like quote-unquote karen videos on the internet Mm -hmm. and i watch them and these people make me furious but i try after i watch them because i am mad and i'm mad and then i start like berating them and make calling them names and stuff like mm-hmm. that because i'm being a jerk and i've started to try and stop and think what the heck led this person to this cuz yes. i think a lot of these people and let's face it a lot of them are women mm-hmm. are having some sort of mental ba- breakdown yeah and 
and we have no idea what caused what's happening. And of course, no, it doesn't give them a free pass to be violent or angry or to yell at people. But oh my gosh. So I've tried to start thinking of that, which sort of sounds like like a buzz killer. But <laughs> it's true. It's I mean, it goes back to, you know, you have to walk a mile in someone's shoes to understand where they're coming from. You, you don't know what their day was like. And especially when my son was young and things were hard, there were days... I could have been that angry person. Yeah. And it wouldn't have had anything to do with the cashier I was screaming at or the person on the phone. It would have had everything to do with how my day had gone. And so, I, yeah, same thing. I do try to, okay, well, why would they be acting like this? What is going on in their life? Is it a medical emergency? Is it um, this stupid phenomenon on social media where people sit around and they listen to the police scanners and then they post in groups on what is being said on the police scanners so that the rest of the community can come in and judge whatever the calls are is horrifying to me i actually have never seen any of that thankfully awful and there's there's many of them and i have joined the pages because sometimes i like to know why the highway is clogged or why the ambulance is going by my house But people will get on there and, you know, it'll be a call, especially about a kid, and people are immediately on there saying, oh, bad parenting, oh, I would never let that happen, oh, how could that happen, and without taking into account that 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 parent is probably really just trying their best. And And no scary things happen and awful things happen, and it's not always someone's fault. We have to give people grace, and that's really part of what the being kind is is giving people grace you know giving them a smile when it looks like they're having a bad day i've i've approached moms of young children at target and you can tell it's just been an awful shopping experience and i'll go up and say hey you're doing a good job mom yes. we have bad days but you're look at how good your kids are they're being so they're being really good and and good luck or that waiter or waitress who looks like they're about to break down and cry because the lady over at table 10 didn't get what she ordered and it didn't have anything to do with you she probably forgot to say it but she didn't get enough she's berating you and i've written on receipts mm-hmm. especially like I hope you have a great day. We loved you and keep, stuff like keep that. Keep your Just, chin up. It's yeah, not your yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the last, well, and then still spending time in nature. So I talked a, min- a few minutes ago about how being in nature can make us feel more connected to the earth and incre- increase that sense of connection to our fellow man. And then the last two things I kind of are kind of serious to me and kind of important, especially in the day and age we're living in. Really, when you're trying to be kind, when you're trying to be generous, especially in the environment we're living in these days, sometimes it's necessary to speak up. Yeah. Whether, you know, you're finally standing up to your racist grandfather that is using words that nobody should ever use again. I've explained to people from my parents' generation why there might need to be books in libraries about children that have two dads because some children do have two dads and i think our generation is doing a really good job about being more tolerant of other viewpoints and really making sure that we're being careful about the words we use and how we treat people and hopefully passing that on to our children gentle correction on some people who um whether they're older or younger Mm-hmm. gentle correction uh, because I agree speaking up is really important but I do also understand that you don't necessarily want to alienate grandpa right so saying something like well grandpa we don't we don't use that word much anymore you right. know you don't that word's not really okay to use yeah anymore. yeah I know that it was okay when you were younger but we don't we yeah. don't use that we Simple. try to use this or and I would never recommend you ever put yourself in danger of if course you're in a situation where you don't think you can yes. safely speak up without inciting aggression or violence then you know that's not that's, that's not, not on your you. job no, no, you, no it isn't your job to to change who someone is or fix people that are much more obviously broken than anybody is qualified for and on the other side of that there are also times when you're being kind where it's not your turn to speak up something i actually learned from reddit somebody else had written it we talk a lot about if somebody is doing something or you disagree with something before you say anything you ask yourself three questions 
Is this necessary for me to say? Is it necessary to be said right now? And is it necessary to be said from me? Oh, I love that. So, yeah, I, you know, yeah, I don't agree with something, someone, the way they're living their life, maybe. How they're spending their money or how they're choosing to spend their time or what kind of vices they have. But unless it's somebody that is related to me or I need to be concerned about their health or they're in a position where they take care of my child or something like that, it is probably not necessary for me to say. And there would be very few times it would be necessary for me to say in that moment. And sometimes it's not necessary. Sometimes people know they screwed up. You don't oh, need yeah. to tell them. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. They feel bad enough about it already. They're already working on changing things. Like, you don't need to make them feel any worse. And I would say, too, like, there's a point where just saying nothing is being kind. Mm-hmm. There are people out there who you'll walk in the room and they'll look at you and say, I hate that color on you. Well, why did you need to say right. that? It wasn't necessary. Yes. It wasn't me necessary. Me wearing this color doesn't have any effect on anyone. And now you've just made me feel bad. There's a good chance that in retaliation, I'm going to say something that makes you feel bad. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I, like, I like that a lot. Being kind doesn't have to cost anything. Being generous doesn't have to either, or it could cost very little. Some of these especially dog rescues or nonprofits would be happy if you sent them a bag of dog food a month or five bucks a month would make a difference somehow. Clearance blankets at the end of the year. I know that a lot of our shelters ask for blankets. Mm -hmm. And it's cold here. Those cheapy little fleece blankets go on sale at the end of the Christmas season at Kohl's and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So join fabrics. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So if you could grab a couple and send, you know, one a month, Mm-hmm. to them or something or go volunteer yes go, go be there go hang you know Bring take the dogs for a walk every day five or cats <laughs> that's why i don't volunteer <laughs> at animal places <laughs> i have enough animals and you're also getting morphine like highs off being helpful and being kind and being generous and i think that's just incredible that is incredible and i was thinking i know this seems a little bit selfish selfish I know this seems a little bit selfish, but one thing I thought of while you were talking about getting that in that you, you get those lights lighting up and you get that chemical reaction when you think about something kind you've done, write it down, journal it and write like, I mean, it can be as cheesy as you want, right? Like my kindness journal. And when you're feeling like dirt, grab it and read. And some people might look at it and be like, wow, you're really stuck up. <laughs> you have a whole journal about how great you are. But if you're just keeping it in a journal, yes. you're not looking for you're fame or notoriety it. over it. Yeah. You, you could have a whole notebook just for like gratitude, positive thoughts, and kindness. I think that's so cool. Even stupid things. Like I remember uh, we saw a woman once. It was me and Carly and my mom. And she was dressed to the nines. She looked amazing. She was an older woman. She was in cheetah print. Which Carly is obsessed with. So she was getting in her car and we literally went up and knocked on her window. I said, my daughter wanted you to know that she thinks you look amazing. The face the lady made was she was so happy. And I said, and we agree with her. You Mm -hmm. look so great today. She probably still thinks about it. Yes. And she probably puts that outfit on. Yes. You still think about it. And Carly will probably remember that yes. forever. So I love it. Kindness all the way. That's amazing. And now we know there are health benefits and drug-like benefits to yes. just being nice to people. Yes. I get your helpers high. Years. Everybody get high. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I want to figure out how to turn this into a slogan that we put on stickers. And everyone in our like patreon gets a sticker yes. everybody get high yeah encouraging yeah. people to commit random acts of kindness for a helper's high for our names yeah <laughs> with our names <laughs> so um yeah get high yeah because <laughs> we're better than i got nothing we're better than <laughs> being high <laughs> <laughs> We're better than... Helpers? Helpers? (laughs) We're better than rude people? I don't know.
We'll have to we'll have to work on that one. We're definitely gonna have to work on that <laughs> one. So yes. I love it. I think it's a great idea. I encourage everyone listening to follow that advice because yes. I think it's amazing. And again, these random acts of kindness do not have to be big, large. You don't have to tip someone $1,000 or pay for someone's gas or, you know, treat your whole neighborhood to homemade cupcakes or anything. You could send a text message to your friend telling them that they're pretty or that you love them or that you've been thinking about them. It's simple. Simple. I love it. It's amazing. So, I think this is a bit... Vis- vi- <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I think we're going to have a ton of bloopers from this episode. <laughs> I think this is a very successful I bring you down, you bring us up event. Yeah. Optimist and sometimes pessimistic optimist. To the nines. To the nines. All right. Come back next week. Okay, bye. (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) Dungeons and dopamine. (laughs) Woohoo! Woohoo!